0: What's up guys and welcome back to paint bravely podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement discover new ways to make your hobby more fun and most importantly learn to paint bravely or at least we hope every time that we do this podcast that you are sitting down and painting and you know doing the best you can so this week we're just going to kind of get into a few things that we've been doing go over some pretty interesting topics that we've selected from the audience. I think we've got some pretty good ones this week. But first things first, Brent. What have you been up to in the last few weeks?
1: All right, I got a few things here. I get ready for this every time, and I am ready. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna start. We're going start a little bit serious. Um, I took mm. I took my cats to the vet yesterday, but they're fine. They're fine. But it okay, got good. me thinking. So, <laughs> you know, I I made an appointment because there was a there was a lump on Gordon's neck, and yeah. you, you got to get that checked out. So, you know, went in there like, Doc, tell me it's not cancer. Tell me it's not cancer. And he said, it's not cancer. He's, he's fine. It's like a weird fat deposit. He's he's fine. <laughs> but that got me thinking about, you know, famous internet, famous pets. Uh, those those your, cats your are always wandering cats. around in, in my Goober Town Hobbies YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, some of the viewers are definitely more attached to those cats than they are to me, which, hey, that that's fine, you know. <laughs> We got a, a, a three-person, three-cat team, you know, making things work over there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, even even where I'm sitting recording this right now, behind me on the wall, I have two poorly painted pictures of cats. You know, you got Snuffles and Gordon, their portrait sitting up there behind me. And, you know, it made me think if if either one of these guys, you know, dies young, you know, I, hopefully not. Like, I, I love those little buggers, but... What, what would that do to the channel? Would I have to like remove the portrait behind me or or put little Xs over the eyes of one of them or like <laughs> or or would there just be an episode? Okay. Um for those of you listening in, Gordon just jumped up on the table and he is perfectly fine and perfectly yeah. in frame right now. But um yeah, what what would it what would happen, you know? Would it, would there be just be like 10 episodes in a row where the, where no Gordon was wandering through the screen and then like some white cat nobody had ever seen before wanders across the right. shot, and like just a flurry of comments. But
0: there would be too people would be wondering if they didn't see him. Oh and they'd yeah, start to ask. Yeah,
1: they folks ask after like one or two episodes without any any Gordon or right. Snuffles Don't sightings. See him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, your your uh, your famous internet animals like Grumpy Cat that mm. died. It was all over the news. Right. And that, that company, whatever, or I guess company, I don't know what you'd call it, um, Meme Factory, Yeah, you know, they're they're gone now.
1: Yeah, they probably incorporated that cat for cat, uh, tax reasons, yeah. Right, got insurance on it and all that. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I didn't even um, think about that, the, the insurance payoff. Maybe they didn't get insurance on that cat, but no, I, I looked into... D- Grumpy cat, and uh, they were only seven years old when they passed away. Oh, really? You know, that's sad because it was a cute cat, but also, man, that retirement plan just right out the window, right? (laughs) Right. I don't don't know if you would have gotten a full, like, seven or eight more years of memes out of the cat, but a a couple at least, right? I mean, he seemed pretty one-note. I
0: feel like three or four angles of that cat, you would have been all right.
1: Yeah, but you partner with somebody who makes like little cat costumes or something, or, oh yeah, I mean okay. even you know you, you go visit Black Magic Craft and set them up behind mm-hmm. like a cool mm-hmm. castle or something. Like you, you can do stuff with that cat. Like they, yeah, just that's gotta true. be creative.
0: Yeah, the the collab opportunities with that cat. Maybe maybe you should be doing that. You know, next time you travel, take your cat little cat carrier. You know. And then randomly, in the middle of the video, there's Gordon jumping up on some terrain piece. Oh, man,
1: that would be pretty good. (laughs)
0: That would be good.
1: (laughs) That or I need to buy a green screen and just, you know... uh, Sure. Yeah, set that up, like, Uh behind my cat tree, set a green screen up uh, behind me right now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Have you thought about putting a cat tree, like, in a more... Camera available space.
1: I haven't given it too much serious thought, but that's that's an idea right there. Um, yeah, you know, I've mentioned before that my main painting desk. I do have a cat tree to the side, which encourages right. encourages the cats to to be near me and be happy with that, but not be in the paints and mm-hmm. on the desk. You know, um, no, it it that's an idea. That's an idea. Uh, the pillow on the shelf behind me is you know, a step in that direction. Gets the yeah, gets the sure. cat to chill out in one spot, be happy that it's near me, and not be constantly in the way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um were you I don't know what I was gonna say. Um so uh Casey what <laughs> uh time for an update from you. Well we can alternate here. I got I got a couple of small ones, so what what's next from you?
0: Ooh. Well, um I guess a good one is I'm I'm working on some some Spider Man minis. Like from the early eighties hmm. all the way up to some of the new stuff. Um that's kind of what I've got going on right now. And it's pretty cool to see, you know, this transformation from like the T S R days you know, when Dungeons and Dragons minis were being made. I guess they also got the license for Marvel and they did a whole bunch of Spider Man minis. And they're they're like the size of a dime.
2: Interesting. And,
0: you know, yeah, to see that <clears throat> um
1: I'm you sorry, know, evolution. What's T S R? That's not uh, it's not coming to mind right away.
0: Uh the company that made Dungeons and Dragons, right? They're the ones who commissioned oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, Citadel. <laughs> to speaking of dungeons and dragons, uh Brent, I've been playing D&D lately. That's a thing we could talk about.
1: Oh, you're going to use that as your update? Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Brent. Are you going to yeah, use yeah. that as
0: your
2: update?
1: Our update. Okay, we It's our update. Yeah, we have an hour update. Yeah, maybe so, we should uh, add that in. That's right fine. Ahead. That's fine. No, you can you can use it uh as as your update, but Yes, we have been playing D&D. We've got a an online game going with combination of of Discord and Roll20. Roll20's mm-hmm. got the nice maps and stuff and Discord has an audio chat that actually works pretty well and yeah, yeah. With, with those combined
0: Yeah, with their their powers combined, we're able to actually play a game with people. Yeah. And uh I mean for me, it's been it's been a long time since I've played D&D. And I've been wanting to get back in like I've almost jumped back in a few times with a few different groups. But, you know, everybody always says like how hard it is to get a and d group together that continually, you know, stays together. And I've definitely felt that over the years, like done one game, you know, where everybody shows up and, you know, we do character creation and then never talk to each other again. You know. Oh, that quickly. And, um, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always been like that. Because I've I've tried several times, and it's just always ended up failing. And I'm just like, well, oh, I guess it's just not for me. I'm not gonna end up playing this game ever again. Uh, but this time it seems promising. You know, I'm I'm pretty happy with it so far, and uh, excited to keep going and and getting a little deeper into it. It's a little awkward over you know chat online, but. You know, like anything, any video game that you play online, I guess, MMOs, you get used to chatting back and forth and figuring things out and not talking over each other.
1: Yeah, the voice chat isn't that bad, um, mm-hmm. especially when the when the video chat is working at the same time. Like, all that combined, it's pretty good.
2: Yeah. Surprisingly yeah.
1: good. So, you know, my history a little bit, I've, I've played maybe 10 sessions of actual D&D in my life. Uh, most of those were kind of a, a edition 3.5 hybrid of some kind and mm-hmm. yeah I, I had a situation where my my dungeon master just decided to disband the group and reform a subset of the group as a <laughs> as a vampire game okay <laughs> yeah so I the topic of like drama in D&D groups is uh A a kind of a favored uh, little hobby of mine to read up on. I I love hearing about other people's drama in that regard because, you know, you're getting a bunch of nerds together to do something cooperative and try to have fun together. But uh, there are lots of ways for that to break down. And, you know, for for one of my old groups, it was most commonly that one or two people would cancel at the last minute and, and it would break down that way. Um, yeah, I think the dungeon master like also didn't like the way a few people played their characters, but um, <laughs> one day, you know, we were we were all going to come over to my apartment to play, and you know, a couple people bowed out like they did kind of frequently, and mm. <laughs> the dungeon master just says, "Okay, this was the excuse I was looking for. I am kicking them out of the group. This is no longer a Dungeons and Dragons group. We are playing." This cat just keeps wandering by. Sorry about the clunks and the purrs and the uh, scratching. Don't apologize, Brent. Don't yeah, apologize. Yeah, this is what you get. Um, but yeah, my my dungeon master just said, "Sorry, guys, you're you're still my friends, but you are no longer in the group, and uh, we're not even playing D anD D anymore. So don't worry about it. But this is now this is now a vampire dark age group, and so wow. there was a session where. You know, Dave and and most of the group came over to my house, and I thought we were going to be playing D anD D that day, but instead they just read to me like the clan histories from all thirteen vampire clans. And I was just and sitting like, there like, pick ah, one. Ah. <laughs> I'm into it's it not now." What you signed up for. <laughs> yeah this this day took a turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, a is for a Semite. Now the a Semite clan, like from, mm. Mm. and then. Uh... Mm. Trying to think i don't know if i could name all 13 uh vampire clans but that's a lot of the letters of the alphabet you got a semite you got bruha right. you got it anyway Uh um, i mean, good for you for still remembering some of it <laughs> <laughs> no we're we're still playing actually so oh
0: so it's not horrible okay, yeah that's yeah nice. so talking that's about a good end of that uh, story
1: so it's no it that part of it wasn't horrible it was uh hmm. it was a decisive move by the gm to say, to change from yeah, to change from the dungeon master to the storyteller, changing from mm-hmm. uh, Dungeons and Dragons to vampires, but he you know made that decisive decision. This group is not working out. We're making some changes. We're making them today, and this group is going to work out. And so, we had uh, a couple of pretty good years of that. Still sporadic games, but a couple of pretty good mm. years. And then everyone moved to different states. And then we switched to online, and that's actually been working out okay.
0: Hmm. I mean, that's that's not
1: terrible at all. Yeah,
0: but, but I would have I would have thought that story would have ended it a completely different <laughs> way. <laughs> like you're like I didn't I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> like I'm kicking you all out of this group. <laughs> Be uh, I was now.
1: pretty skeptical at first, and I was not one of the people kicked out, which is nice. But that's always good. <laughs> uh we normally had the games at my apartment anyway, so that that might've been part of it. Right. uh, I can see that. They're mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. well, he
0: does these things, but you know, he's got snacks and a place. Yeah. yeah, We need the
1: following people.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh (laughs) But, um, yeah. So, so you and I are in a, in a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition game online. Um, we don't need to name names, but it's a, it's actually a group of YouTube folk, uh, playing the game and for a lot of us we have not played much uh, Dungeons and Dragons recently uh, a few people have and it's it's been fun so far hopefully hopefully that group keeps going but you never can tell
0: <laughs> right you, you can't tell um i mean i really hope that it does because it's always been one of those things that's in the back of my mind you know like i've thought about just going to a game store and trying to find a group of, you know, just random strangers, which super hit or miss, especially in a hobby shop. But I don't know. It's just one of those things I've been itching to do for a long time. And, and it's kind of awesome that, you know, I don't know, just going through all the YouTube stuff has led to this. And it's just an, kind of an awesome thing.
1: Yeah, the the YouTube thing, you're just immersed in nerd culture and if you're painting minis dungeons and dragons people paint minis you get connected to to the right folks and it's a good mm. way to make friends yeah. yeah yeah but yeah, yeah just before the the pandemic and the quarantine actually I had played two sessions of d and d at locally at a game store and mm. And then you know all this hit and stopped going to the game store. And actually, they kept going with the campaign, but uh, for whatever reason, I was just like, "Nope." <laughs> so <laughs> that one—that one's on me. These these things did happen. They, did they
0: uh, recognize you when you
1: came in, and they're like, "Of course, you can join this group." Um, no, actually, that was that was kind of funny when I um. Do you get recognized at game stores, or do you not? Have- no one's been um, leaving the house a lot recently. But well,
0: yeah, not recently. Like, yeah, before the quarantine, um, like I knew I knew that there were a few people who did the last time I went in to pick up some paints, um, but they didn't say anything. But okay. you know, you get that you get that look. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've um, um,
0: actually I've been recognized for being in a band more often than than that. <laughs> Just you know, being in the town I'm in. Yeah, which is weird being in like a a Walmart or something, and somebody's yelling at you on the other side of the aisle,
1: you know. Yeah, you're not <laughs> expecting it when you're just walking around Walmart, but unless you're in like the Magic: The Gathering section of Walmart. Like if you're po- <laughs> right, if you're yeah. poking around through fat packs, <laughs> yeah, maybe uh-huh. then. But
0: yeah, it's 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 a small selection in Walmart where you know those people gather. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you got that corner right near the registers. You got your fat packs. You got your deck mm-hmm. builder kits. You got your planeswalker decks. Like, yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah, it can be pretty disarming to get recognized at Walmart. That has never happened to me, but I'm not in a band. So there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say that uh, your reach as a, an internet personality is further than my bands. <laughs> so, you know. I think I think that that there's a, a solid chance that someone could genuinely recognize you in just a department store.
1: Well, there's the thought.
0: <laughs> now you're gonna start ordering all your groceries online. Oh yeah, now inside. I'm gonna start ordering all my groceries online. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, no. So so anyway, for this group that I had just before the pandemic at that game store, some of the uh, like mini game players, you know some of the mm-hmm. war game players recognize me, um, but you know I sat down to play a game of D anD D, and nobody rec- nobody recognized me. Which that's that's the normal state of things for humans is <laughs> that nobody recognizes things, yeah. you. But um, <laughs> but the reason that was was a little bit funny is that um, one of the other players was using as his player character an artisan guild model. Um, a 3d printed dwarf from artisan guild, which, Mm -hmm. um, like I had, some of my videos have been about artisan guild and artisan Mm -hmm. guild has made a figure of me. Um, and actually in a real, in a real D bag move that game, I made my character, um, the dungeon master was saying like just just make a warrior if you haven't played much D and D recently if you haven't played any fifth edition just just make a warrior do whatever you want to do and um, it turns out that an artisan guild model that they sculpted with like my face and hair yeah was actually a, a perfect setup warrior uh, a mm-hmm. morning star two throwing axes on the belt and a shield and some flowing hair and that is a perfect <laughs> level one fifth edition warrior <laughs> and so did you bring that in yes Tell me you yes that, that that's the <laughs> yes. that's the story here in a, in a classic <laughs> d-bag move i oh. uh, painted one of those up in a couple hours brought them mm-hmm. into the the D game at the store and so mm-hmm. um i painted up in, in like dark colors and stuff like he's like looking kind of evil actually like a mm. lot of dark reds and stuff but i popped this model down of of me on the game Matt. Nobody notices. No, nobody says a nobody thing. a few people were like, Oh, where'd you get that mini? Like, oh it's a it's a 3D print from Artisan Guild. And this other guy's like, Yeah, I really like Artisan Guild. Mine's from Artisan <laughs> Guild too. I've got this dwarf here. He's a warrior. <laughs> and um, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I really like Artisan Guild, too. They're, it's pretty uh-huh. cool, huh? Yeah. yeah and um, like, <laughs> oh, nice one? paint job on there. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so your party meets at the tavern. <laughs> right. <Yeah.
0: laughs> it's always a little bit of, of hoping that someone's going to say something just so that you can be like, yeah, look, isn't this cool? I mean, well, no- come on. You got a miniature that looks like you. <laughs> and you're playing it in a and d game. Like there's a story there. You got to share that.
1: <laughs> no, Did you I'm, I'm, at least I'm quiet about it. Like, um, yeah, the, the, it's a it's a bit of a strange feeling. I mean, it's not a bad feeling, but if someone does recognize you, you're like, oh hey, you make those videos. I, I like your videos. Like, hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> right. Like Um, and so it's a little bit of a little bit of a weird feeling. So I'm not like mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, make that happen every time. Like if they you know, if they just don't recognize me, that's fine too. Let's play a game of D D. Right. Don't you think though? But but no, I wasn't it gonna might do a like little you more don't awkward. recognize the figure. Like, have you seen Goobertown hobbies? No, not like,
0: yet. <laughs> I'm not saying to say that no. I'm just saying like if if that group was still a thing and you've mm-hmm. been playing for a while and then you know somebody asks you about the figure, oh I wanna go check out some artisan guild stuff and they see your ass on there. They're gonna be like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> it just seems like, at some point, that information should come to light. Not, not for any egotistical, selfish reasons right, or anything, right, right, but right. just for lack of awkwardness. later yeah,
1: on. yeah, that's like you forgot the the name of the guy across from you is is Paul, but it's too late to like ask them what their name is again. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, because you know, one of those guys is gonna see something at some point.
1: <laughs> and just be like, mm-hmm. "Why did Why didn't you say anything? <laughs>
0: it's gonna be super awkward next time you go."
1: That's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're we're playing TD. It's fun. We've had a like a session now. We're hoping that continues. Um, mm-hmm. By the time this <laughs> yeah. this episode releases, we might have had two sessions, maybe three. You know, we'll we'll see. Let's go nuts. But
0: yeah, yeah. Theoretically, that should be happening pretty soon.
1: So. Yeah, and as a final point, if you didn't know, Google Google has a very nice dice rolling app. You just type into Google "roll," you know, five d8. There you go, hmm. and it, it pop right up. It make the little rolling animation. Oh really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that. Tips and tricks, cool. dude.
1: Yep. Tips yeah. and tricks. So if you're doing all theater, of the mind and and roll twenty is just not working for you. Do it on Google or, you know, Discord has a dice rolling app too, but there's, there's options. Yeah. Role playing over the internet is not really difficult at all. Like if you just, you find the right group of people, it's not so bad at all. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So
0: we've been doing that. Um, I guess I'll circle back to (laughs) the TSR model. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just painted a, a new Venom. Mmm, yeah, that was pretty great, and that'll, that'll be for a, a video that's coming out way later, and it's part of a commission, and kind of, like, I've been, I've been doing commissions for a while now, and this is kind of like the last, I mean, it, it's gonna be the last one that I'm gonna do, um, I'm done, I'm quitting,
1: well, we appreciate your service and uh we wish you the best of luck in the future. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I just can't. I can't handle the ups and downs anymore, man.
1: Yeah. There's yeah. something to be said about uh painting for yourself and painting only things that you want to paint and I know you've been selling things on eBay, you know, like painting mm-hmm. what you want to paint and then just reselling them on eBay. And Yeah. You know, I assume the money is not as good as, you know, doing an hourly rate for a commission or whatever, but you get to paint what you want to paint. That's, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm definitely moving in that direction. I'm just going to put the models up on eBay. Um, you know, cause it, it's a lot more interactive with people who already want the models. You know, they see them, they want them. And normally I just keep them and they go, oh, okay. You know, every so often I get a message just like, hey, are you interested in selling that that model from that video? Mm-hmm. You know, and usually it's like, no, not really. You know, I didn't really think about it, but uh, putting them up on eBay, it's not as good of a return on some of the models as if I had been commissioned to paint it. But yeah, I got to paint what I wanted, how yeah. I wanted it, and then, you know, throw it up on eBay and... I get money that then goes back into buying more models. Sure. So I think that's a much better trade and I don't have to do the uh, the work to quote 50 people to get, you know, two commissions in a month.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I'm definitely, definitely quitting
1: commission painting. Um, okay. Well, end of an era.
0: A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been a while, a couple of years now. Not sad at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna change the topic of conversation here, Casey. I got a new power strip, and I literally wrote this down on our show notes because sweet, I got a good power strip. So ordinarily, you're you're plugging in your lights for your painting desk, and and maybe you, maybe you've got a paint mixer or a Dremel tool, or you know maybe you've got a, a laptop, a cell phone charger, or a laptop charger, you know, to keep yourself entertained while you're there. And you got a six prong outlet, but every single one of your plugs is giant and you can plug in about two things to your six. Yeah. So I've got a power strip. That's, that's what all power strips should be. It's 10 prongs. It's about 30 inches long and the outlets are all turned 90 degrees and Mm. there is enough room so that you can plug any plug into any one of those sockets and you can actually plug in uh, the number of devices that the, uh, the power strip says you can. <laughs> so, um, and I got a little bit heated there, but uh, this is a serious oh, I point. You, like yeah. I, I mounted a, a shop power strip to my painting table and it is one of the best things that I've done in a long time. <laughs> you know, my, my LED lights—I have two uh, nice LED lights that I use for painting, and both of those have, you know, their their power brick or whatever, their uh, their transformers yeah. and their converters, and those are all in the the plug. They don't have that, you know, in in the light unit or, or along the the length of the cord. It's just right there in the plug. So you mm-hmm. can you literally you can plug in two of those lamps to a six-prong outlet. <laughs> Unless you get a sweet uh, shop outlet now, I've got my lights, my cameras, my you know, microphone. I've got just everything plugged into this thing. And it's the little <laughs> that's, things that's in awesome. life, Casey. It's the little. I things. I know. Yeah. It,
0: it's almost as good as black poster board. It's, and I, I'm not exaggerating. That's yeah. That's 2020 fantastic. has yeah. not
1: been a complete waste. We're we're making <laughs> yeah. advances over here. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. If
1: any if anybody doesn't
0: understand what this is, like the floor power strips that you would plug your computer into or whatever it is, you know, usually it's tucked away behind your couch or something so that you can plug your laptop in and you can only ever fit like two things on them because they're all, unless they're the two prong standard plugs, which nothing is anymore. Nothing is like that power strip. You just spent $20 on is like no better than the wall socket that you already had. (laughs) Like you just get that three feet of room. (laughs) Like that little extra extended cord portion is what you're paying for, Mm-hmm. yeah. So in this case, swivelable, right? They swivel. They actually just don't. They they are degrees.
1: permanently turned ninety degrees. Okay. And yeah. there's you know a good a good four inches between the, yeah, at least four or six. I don't know. There's there's a good amount of space between each plug, and mm-hmm. it's nice. It's nice. Few inches. Yes. Um. And I can plug those, those big beefy, uh, you know, plugs in right next to each other. There's plenty of room between them. You're not, um, you know, on those, on those six, uh, plug power strips, there's also Mm. that trick of like, for the really big plugs, you have to bend the cord to, to be able to squeeze one more, uh, thing Uh to get plugged in there. That can't be good for it. Not safe. Yeah. Yeah. Not safe at all.
0: Like now you're really
1: hoping that that it's going to trip if something yeah. actually happens like, yeah. and do its job. <laughs> yeah, you can normally maybe you can plug in like two or three things. Plus, you can plug in one more power strip so that you can plug mm-hmm. in the rest of the stuff that you need to plug in. So we we got around that entirely. I got a shop power strip, 10 sockets, can plug anything I want in there, just mounted to the the side of my desk here. And which also gets a lot of stuff, a lot of cables off of the ground, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think next up, you know, two weeks from now, I might be talking about uh, like a wire hanging, uh, cord organization basket. Might be talking about mm-hmm. little twist ties and rubber bands. And look, we don't we don't need to tarry on this, but you know, getting sure. we we love getting our desk set up right. And I know that you're working on a studio right now, Casey. Have you considered mm-hmm. your electricals?
0: Um, a little bit, yeah. So, I've got some in the ceiling for my lights. Mm. So, all my cords are actually attached to a rack on the ceiling, and the lights are clamped on. So, there aren't tripods on the floor for any of my lights at this point. And that's as far as I've gotten so far, and the rest is going to be running power. I did buy those super sweet, like, wall track things for cabling. Mm so yeah i'm gonna I'm gonna have some fancy you know cable organization on the wall if I need anything to run from one area to another and have it all hidden so I've got enough to go up and around doors if I have to or across the ceiling or whatever it is but all this stuff's gonna be as hidden as possible I want to make it clean because right now I'm not in a like I got cords running all around me right now in my five by five closet mm-hmm 'Cause you know, the, the power cord's just on the other side of the door. It's running under the door and like around my desk. Yeah. And uh that's just not it's not good. It's dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so far so good. Yeah. Well your uh, your recent videos um for the eBay Miniature Rescues channel have, have had your new studio set up when you're doing your Hawking yeah. Head stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's looking nice. It's it's obviously a bigger space where you have the luxury mm-hmm. of not having a towering pile of boxes immediately behind you. Um, you know, you've got a nice display case back there. You said you're going to have a a logo on the wall. Um, yeah, yeah. it looks it looks great. Um I'm, I'm pretty excited, man.
0: It's so close to being done. Like I feel like I'm, I continually keep teasing this idea that yeah, check it out. This new, new space. I'm doing all this stuff and it's like I st- I did start using it on the channel a little bit. And like that feels pretty good, but then you know I I can't really give a tour yet because it's just not it's not there.
1: Yeah the yeah. the most recent video was pretty funny because it was a really nice <laughs> studio, and you you start talking and just like the little bit of weight of your elbows on the table like your right. the table that you're using in your studio right now just started wobbling all over the place. <laughs> I mean I think. So there's... I think you may be exaggerating a little bit <laughs> like nobody else noticed <laughs> uh, well now they're going to so.
0: now they're going to yeah they're, they are too they're going to read your comment and they're going to watch that again which I guess I should thank you for the extra views that that's going to give me
1: <laughs> yeah everybody go rewatch the night video um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then that's going to be terrible for your uh, retention time though because that table is mostly wobbling in the beginning but that's I think it wobbles true, yeah. a few times throughout the video yeah yeah,
0: I mean I recorded all the talking head stuff in uh in one go and then just, you know, intercut the video. So it's all the same time. I'm sure it's shaking. Like it's a super cheap table that was out of my wife's old office space and it just happens to like look pretty nice. It's like this dark wood. It's got a little bit of brown in it, but you know, it's kind of like stained black. Mm. Um I mean it's probably just cheap garbage stuff, but you know, on camera it looks all right. Um it's definitely not the permanent desk that I want, but it's what I have and I'm going to use what I
2: have.
1: Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I shouldn't have made fun of you like that. I shouldn't have made fun of you and your desk. That was, that was wrong of me and I apologize, (laughs) but your studio actually is starting to look pretty good and we're we're all excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have I have one more update here or, or conversation starter on my end. Mhm. So recently and by the time the podcast goes up the video will be up, but I did uh, another endurance painting thing mm-hmm. and you know, I I'd done two 24-hour painting sessions before. Yeah. And this time uh Scott from uh the Miniac channel challenged me to do something like that as part of a collaboration, except Mm -hmm. this time there is no time limit. So he said, you have, you know, sit down to paint for, for as long as you want. And some of our listeners will know that, that Scott's like a pretty competitive guy and that, that fuels him and motivates him and helps him to be the, the artist that he is. But um, when, you know, he, he knows that I've done the 24 hour thing before he knows that that's possible. And Mm -hmm. he says like, okay, this time just as long as you can. And the, the format of the project was kind of, we each had a a little army to paint and just see how much you can get done before you go to sleep. I mean, the rules weren't uh, super (laughs) clear when we set them up, but it was, uh, yeah, turn on the camera and, uh, paint until you can't really paint anymore. And uh, we'll see who wins somehow.
0: <laughs> like it's a contest.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. or a challenge or younger. a curse or, yeah. So yeah, a curse, yeah. <laughs> and and Scott had been talking about painting some vampires for a while. He had mm-hmm. uh, a vampire army that he made for himself, and he's had you know, a video about doing conversions, and he's mm-hmm. talked about it on Trapped Under Plastic as well. And he he doesn't mm-hmm. like to batch paint. And so he kind of needed a a drive to actually get this done. So competition, all at once, just knock it out. It's going to be painful, but let's get it done. That was that was the idea.
0: I mean, that's a good motivation, right? Because you're you're making content at the same time as doing something you actually want to do. I mean, that's
1: or probably want, or the want best to way have to do done, that. yeah,
0: right, yeah, or want yeah. to have done, or hopefully. will be done by the end
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's one of the things about youtube is finding the the tricky little ways to get done what you want to get done while making it Mm -hmm. interesting for others to watch and you know possibly favorable to the the algorithm by making it a challenge or competition or right (laughs) extreme endurance sports so i had and i think we've talked about it on on the podcast before but i had 30 space marines uh blood angels for a mm-hmm. charity raffle and the actually the the due date for sending those off is literally today and they're not quite <laughs> done but they will be they'll, they're actually they're looking yeah. pretty good and they'll they'll be looking even better before i send them off nice not today but in a couple of days but um <laughs> So, I you know, Scott's like, "Hey, do you want to do this crazy thing?" I'm like, "Well, I, I mean, I always have too many models to paint or I always have a force I want to paint this time is like, "Okay, I I actually need to be cranking out Blood Angels right now." So. Right, yeah. So All right, Scott, let's do this. All right, let's do this. Yeah. So I got set up and this is a thing where, you know, pretty much the whole day before I was making sure everything was assembled and no mold lines I assemble slow, so it actually took me days to assemble these, but you know, hmm. the whole day before I was doing final checks to make sure everything was good to go, had the camera set up, knew what my paint scheme was gonna be, all that. Got as much sleep as I could, and then about ten AM the next day, pressed record, you know, set up the set up the competition, pressed start on my giant clock that I have behind me sometimes. <laughs> yes. And I made it twenty nine hours, and <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, man. That's not bad. So it was a couple hours to get uh, using my airbrush to get the the base coat down, black primer, mm-hmm. uh, Mephiston red on top, blood red from coat to arms on top of that, and then mm-hmm. from underneath I came in with uh, some of that Payne's gray ink, and like Mm -hmm. squirted in shadows with that. And that's actually, that's a good technique. Um, Yeah.
0: I like that for space Marines.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've heard about that from um, independent characters. I think they've talked about that a few times of, you know, uh, Justin Kiefer, just talking about that pain's gray, pain's gray. Like yeah, he, he loves it. I got the impression, but I haven't used it a whole bunch, but it works well on space Marines. So, got the red on there and then just kind of turned them upside down and from underneath squirting some of this ink on and Payne's Gray is a combination of black and dark blue mm-hmm. so it's it's uh blue pigment 13 colon 3 mm-hmm. and it's uh carbon black 7 or carbon yeah, black, yeah. <laughs> carbon black pigment black 7 but it's mm-hmm. a really, really dark blue, essentially, and it's perfect for shadows, and it works really well with the red space marine armor. Mm-hmm. And so it, it took about two hours to get those four coats down, you know, up to the shaded red, and then 20-whatever-else hours of really <laughs> slowly putting in most of the other details.
0: Right. Just Did you edge highlight everything?
1: Not yet. Actually, that's that's the last thing. That's the do. last.
0: All right, you need, you need another twenty nine hours, and like four or five real sharp
1: brushes. Well, you can you can decide how aggressively you want to edge highlight, but I I <sighs> did sure. go in and uh, pin wash everything, so that was oh, okay. one of the longer steps was pin washing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, after after I got the what red and everything airbrushed thing? on, I went through and put on you know black for the bolters and for their joints and stuff then I went in with silver then it was about time for the pin washing step and that took almost as long as the as painting on black bolters took
0: for sure yeah uh,
1: but it looks really good so I put a before yeah. I did the pin washing I did a coat of gloss varnish and then you just go in there and you're you not slap and wash over everything you're just putting it right in the in the joints and the cracks and the Mm
2: -hmm.
1: whatever the weird little runnels and textures are on the armor, but yeah, just put it everywhere where it's obvious you're supposed to put it and it looks good. Yeah. Um, What, what did you use to do the, the pin wash with? I used a dark tone from army painter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I've tried—I mean, we were just talking about oil washes. I've tried oil washes several times, and there's always just a a residue that I don't like on the flat areas. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can wash a lot of it off, but Mm -hmm.
2: there's—something's
1: not quite right about it, or at least the way I'm doing it. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. when it's wet, it looks like everything is in the perfect place, and then it dries a little, and it's almost like the pigment moved just out of the cracks to be like— I don't know if you've observed this, but it's almost like on the water water line of where the wash was not actually deep in the crack. You're like, what just happened? But you know what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: Like if, um, if that happens, you pretty much just have to do it again Yeah, uh, to intensify that pigment. Um, if there's too much medium that usually happens, it starts to separate like weirdly. Hmm. Um, there are alternatives. That's why I was asking those, you know, if you went in there like with black ink and did it or, you know, something crazy that, that, you know, that it takes a different amount of time for each kind of product. Right,
1: right. And, um, I, and I don't think we actually defined this well, but the, the ink wash we're talking or the oil wash we're talking about is oil paint mixed up with mineral spirits so like a really, really, really thin oil paint and it slides mm. really nicely over a gloss varnished mini. And Mm -hmm. sometimes just slapping that on a mini, like it looks like it, you know, just really goes into the finest cracks and just really black black lines everything really well. Mm -hmm. But what I was saying is that sometimes in my experience, like when it's wet, it looks amazing. And then as the mineral Mm -hmm. spirits evaporate, somehow the pigment like moves from where it was when everything was wet. (laughs) It seems to dry in the wrong place. Now, the nice thing about the oil washes is that you can just come back with mineral spirits and kind of get that pigment to move around again so nothing is permanent everything is fixable there but Mm -hmm. um i think it's a really interesting technique i haven't gotten it to behave better than some of the other techniques i i like so i haven't Mm -hmm. used it a ton um but in this case yeah so it was a gloss varnish on top of the partially painted marines, then just going in with uh, you know, water based acrylic dark tone from Army Painter. It's good and, stuff. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh it use strong tone for for a lot of other stuff, but dark tone is, is perfect for black lining and, and that sort of application. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and
0: especially over that gloss varnish. I'm sure they look pretty good. Yeah. So that was like hour four? <laughs> near no, twenty nine hours.
1: <laughs> no, this this brings us like well past twenty four hours by the time we okay. have done blacklining, yeah. Um, and then it was, you know, somewhere probably around hour twenty four where I'm starting to do like more and more fine details, right. including. And so this <laughs> is the point where it's it's now time on the models to do eyes and then to do decal yeah. applications. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know. I give myself credit. I, I got through like 20 pairs of eyes. I got through all the intercessors and they actually look pretty good. Or like, mm. I mean, it's just putting some some bright green on the lens. I wasn't doing lens flares or anything at this mm-hmm. point. But for, for no sleep and for having been painting for the last 24 hours, like I did actually get 20 pairs of eyes looking all right. All right. But then but then and the around hour 29 like my my coordination was just gone and I kept messing up eye after eye after eye and then <laughs> you know coming back in with black to try to fix it and messing that up too and so hour 29 for me I called it I was I was done uh, yeah and of course this is going to be its its whole video on goobertown hobbies but the just the topic of either either binge hobbying or or just mm-hmm. staying up past 24 hours <laughs> and what that does to a to a human right yeah <laughs> so, so for me like i got i got a second wind in there like between hours 20 and 24 i was extremely mm-hmm. tired and I, you know wanted to quit and then um by hour 29 i was actually feeling pretty good my hand just wasn't working for painting anymore so it was okay right. like i need to i need to stop this mm-hmm. now because it's not impressive to sit there for another 10 hours while not accomplishing anything because you can't paint <laughs> eyes anymore. Um and also a in in the days since I've been putting on decals and those those old blood angel decals from those old transfer sheets do mm-hmm. not hold up well. You no, need to have incredible patience and dexterity to get that uh those wings with the blood drop in the middle to, to sit on one of those shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that
0: being a little difficult with zero sleep, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah.
1: As it was, you know, yeah. it took me probably eight hours to get all the decals on with, with proper mm-hmm. rest and with the right state of mind. Yeah. But if you're trying to go work, work fast, you know, some decals hold together really well and that's mm-hmm. something i'd like to understand more about but like some decals work nice while others just disintegrate immediately and you have yeah. to decide whether you're wiping it all off and using another decal or whether <laughs> you're you know sitting there trying to put the five pieces back together into something that looks uh, like uh, a symbol for a space marine chapter
0: i i have done that before just slowly moving around small pieces you know, onto whatever it is to try and make it look proper. And in the end, it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's usually better to just start over or like those, the, the blood angel symbol. Um. Yeah. I would have almost opted for like a stencil.
1: Now I actually, Do you know, I tried that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have a, uh have some yeah i have some of those stencils here and i actually had some that looked like like pre-cut from a company um Mm -hmm. and i have some that were like knockoff versions of the blood angel chapter so like Mm -hmm. it's the blood angel chapter marking is like a blood drop and on either side there's wings so yeah. it's blood drop in the middle of wings, and for the decals and for, like, the most common appearance of that symbol, the wings have, like, four feathers, um, mm-hmm. or, I don't know, fingers of the wings, or whatever you want to yeah, call them. Yeah, they're, like, little nubs. Yeah. Four, <laughs> like, they represent There's, there's that. four yeah. nubs, and I had this set of stencils, and it has five nubs, mm. and and for a se- for I a little while, it's like, wow, they just straight up copied the...
0: they're like no no no! ours has five you can count them yeah it's not the same it's not blood angels
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it is if you don't look closely but it
0: isn't yeah yeah. (laughs) it's not though somebody would notice too yeah but they they would call you out on that
1: (laughs) yeah and and since these minis were for um a Mm -hmm. donation for a raffle and they're, they're part of a larger army. And so it would be pretty funny if yeah. just my part of the army just has a slightly different symbol on everything. Right. <laughs> um, and another option, uh, you know, I saw your video where you were using the cricket. And I actually have a cricket cutter also. And I could yeah, have yeah. gone and made my own stencils. Um, but also just the the curvature of the shoulder pad was just mm-hmm. a little more than I wanted to deal with in terms of making sure that a stencil actually stuck yeah. down to it. Um, I, I did get some good advice for that, though. Yeah?
0: Because I was using uh, Cricut stencil, just their branded vinyl, right? hmm And, like, that works pretty good. It It's not super sticky, so, you know, you're not tearing paint up. And you can get some real small details, but it's a little bit hard to put on a rounded surface. Um, but somebody told me that, you know, they've been making stencils for years on a Cricut, and they've just been using painter's tape really put painter's tape down on the thing cut the stencil out and there you go perfect like moldable stencil to any surface i haven't tried it yet but blew my mind
1: yeah my mind is being blown right now that <laughs> wow yeah there's an idea um but yeah so like the the blood drop uh, so i also i kind of experimented with a stencil for the little blood drop marking that goes on some of their knee pads for the for the squad markings Mm -hmm. and again the knee pad is this rounded surface you're trying to Mm -hmm. put a a stencil on top of it um you know it's not like we have a nice flat bane blade or lehman russ or anything here it's it's a curved shape and I was just having, I was having just enough trouble that I was like, okay, we're, we're going to do decals for everything now. And yeah. decals have their own problems for sure, but it just depends what you're in the mood for dealing with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, normally I'm a pretty patient person. Like if normally if I've had sleep in the past day or two and you know, I've got an audio book or a podcast i am just sitting there, I, I actually don't mind pushing pushing the left wing around to meet up with the blood drop to meet up with the right wing like mm-hmm. it, it requires a certain bit of uh patience and dexterity and <laughs> yeah willingness to move those stupid disintegrating decals around but i can normally <laughs> yeah. get them to look like they're supposed to look so yeah, that's, it is that's what good. it is. Yeah. We all make choices. I mean it's yeah.
0: it's like an art on its own getting decals to work properly. Like I've looked at yeah. lots of videos and you know, they're all basically the same. You know, dip it in the water, let it slide around, then you put it on the thing and then they cut to magic and it's done. It's like that's never ever how it's gone for me. <laughs> yeah. And like I know there are products out there, the micro set, microsol, um mm-hmm. that kind of start to melt them so that then they' adhere to rounded surfaces and then you set them and they harden and whatever. Yeah. Um, So even that stuff, like it, it never quite seems to work for what I'm trying to do. And maybe I'm just not doing something right, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So I have microset and microsol also, and I've found that still like the clear parts of the decal, a lot Mm -hmm. of times you'll end up with, I don't know if it's a bubble or what, but you'll be able to see like, um, this discolored region where it's like, okay, this, this was supposed to just be a blank clear part of the decal, you know, in mm. between the wings, the blood dropper or whatever. And it is very clear that there's a piece of plastic laying on top of my space Marine shoulder and it's not yeah. supposed to be there. So what I actually did for this project was I had my exacto blade and I cut out each de- decal right up to the color. So, oh, okay. so like for the, the, I'm trying to think that chapter marking, I guess. For one of the shoulder pads, it's a big yellow blood drop and the wings. And mm-hmm. so for the big yellow blood drop, there's the, kind of the yellow plastic or or whatever the, the paint is on top of the decal plastic. There's, there's the yellow part of the blood drop. And then for like a couple of millimeters for the entire perimeter of the blood drop, there's clear plastic as like the rest of mm-hmm. the decal and i took out my exacto blade and cut off all the clear plastic while it's still while it's still on the paper decal sheet yeah so if anyone yeah tells you advice to like um you know cut notches in your decal so that they fold or or curve better you know to to relieve the tension of of a curve do that while it's still on the decal paper yeah then take it off Not on your whatever. model yeah it's a right. terrible <laughs> idea on your model <laughs> well i've certainly tried that you know back in the early oh, days yeah, where too. i was like yeah i'm gonna make an imperial fist marine this is gonna be fun mm-hmm. and then you got that big big circle mm-hmm. fist thing on one of the shoulder pads and it it's just a big circle that is not curving on that shoulder pad at all you're like yeah, yeah. i've heard i've heard i gotta cut it so then you're just going at the shoulder pad with an exacto blade or you have a wet Surround decal your on yellow there. armor <laughs> and ruining the paint job like it's the decal is not going to do what you want it to do and uh yeah. But anyway, so um, I actually, for this project, cut away all of the clear plastic from these decals. And so, like, for for the other shoulder pad, for the the wings, you know, I was going in between those nubs, those fingers, those feathers to Mm -hmm. cut out all the clear plastic in there. And that took a while. And it also, you know, weakened the decals so they're even more brittle Mm -hmm. and falling apart. But nubs falling off. But fall I didn't but place. I didn't get that like obvious clear plastic laying on top of my red paint look, so there's that. Yeah. I mean, hey, if
0: if that's what solves the problem, then <laughs> yeah. The last one I laid down um was a slanesh mark on a noise marine shoulder. Yeah. And I could not get that to look proper. What until, does the slanesh mark uh, look like? It's like the little half moon connected to like a circle. Like a little line and circles, some uh, shit. I don't, I don't have the model,
1: but it's like pretty big compared to right the shoulder me. pad. Or it's, um, or it's got a lot of blank clear plastic. Or...
0: Yeah, there's a lot of blank clear plastic and kind of some finicky little black lines in between. Mm. Um, so you know, trying to cut that out kind of messed that up. But after after I actually got it to lay down properly, um, I just gloss coated it, and you can't even. You can't see it at
1: all. Oh nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it looks looks like I painted it on. So I mean that's certainly the goal. Yeah. Oh yeah. and so I don't know if you have any like like matte some kind of varnish might actually
1: Yeah, I've I tried like, that yeah, and yeah. sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. Like if there's mm-hmm. if there's a real obvious discoloration from plastic laying on top of the paint the varnish just kind of Really sets that in place forever, but uh, right, <laughs> yeah, so of interest on on the decal talk, I also did print off a couple of my own decals. so mm-hmm. I also needed decals for the knee pads for each squad has a a marking on the knee pad, and so I needed mm-hmm. little red blood drops, and so I actually um, had some inkjet decal printer paper. Right, right. And I, you know, made myself a word document that was just row after row of tiny red blood drops in slightly varying yeah. sizes, and uh, printed that out. And it actually works pretty well over light colors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, there were some Marines that had a yellow knee pad with a red blood drop, and mm-hmm. that worked pretty well. Hmm. But the, the inkjet ink red blood drop over black knee pad did not work at all. Yeah, so that's actually one of the last things I need to through. do is draw in like I'm I've now given up. I'm just going to get my paintbrush and try to freehand ten tiny little red Bright. blood drops on, on ten marines. So well hey maybe uh
0: maybe try that painter's tape deal. Mm-hmm. Just so you get a consistent blood drop, right? Even if you cut it out with a knife. Eh,
1: yeah, I'm thinking about it. That's a thought for uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but anyway, there there are a lot of reasonable ways around this problem, you know. Buying decals and then figuring out how to use them right. You can print your own decals. You can <laughs> buy stencils if you want to airbrush on the pattern or you can make your own stencils either with an X-acto blade or with a a Cricut cutter or similar. So, yeah. Yeah, just a matter of finding something that works. And and it really does depend on, you know, the curvature of the surface and, like, what the actual shape you're trying to do is.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, some shapes seem like no problem. You know, you stick them onto the side of whatever and they, they fold properly and it's fine. But, yeah, those finicky ones like that, those little nubs everywhere, mm-hmm. you just never know. Mm-hmm. So you're you're just about done with those Space Marines. Um, you don't paint a lot of Space Marines. No,
1: I don't. And you know, being in the hobby off and on for twenty years, it's one of those things that my my friends were always the ones with the Space Marine army, and right, I was always yeah. like, uh, better paint these Dark Eldar eventually. <laughs> eventually, but, yeah, I I actually really enjoyed painting the Primaris Marines, yeah. and. So the the 30 marines I painted were 20 Primaris, Intercessors, and 10 of the older tactical marines for Blood Angels, the ones that just have all kinds of stupid crap hanging off of them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Every single one of them has blood pendants and more of those wings and just a lot of blood drops on anything. Like, you could pick up any bit from that kit, whether it's the legs or the bolter or the helmet. And immediately say this belongs to a Blood Angels kit. It's too much. Yeah. It's it's too much.
0: <laughs> it is overkill. Yeah, yeah
1: there there's definitely a, been
0: a period of time in Games Workshop's history, and I think it's still sort of continuing. I think they're getting better about it, but every 40k model, it's like they want you to know what this is. Yeah, a hundred percent. And they will way overdo it.
1: Yeah. Um. I know. You know, uh, space wolves definitely have that where they're just being wolf t- tails tied to everything. Yeah. And so like the the tactical I assume they had a tactical marine kit for for space wolves, but I'm sure they you look did, through yeah. that, yeah. The the bolter like could not be used on a regular marine because there's mm-hmm. just like hair stuck to it. <laughs> there's just yeah. hair all over it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it's a wolf.
1: Space and, wolf, obviously. Uh Dark Angels also. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They've got swords on just absolutely every bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got one on each leg, on each of the shoulder pads, down the helmet, wherever. Like, yeah, it, it became a little much for yeah, all of and them. And it is like, yeah,
1: complete. It cut down on the ability to do conversions, or or mm-hmm. it would make conversions require much more effort.
0: <laughs> a lot of sanding.
1: <laughs> a lot of sanding. But yeah, yeah, literally every bit from those kits identified it as you know whatever. He, you could not put a dark angel head on a uh, you know blood angel marine because yeah. it would be very obvious the two did not match up.
0: Right. Well, they all have those cloaks too. Yeah. So it's like even then it's it's different enough.
1: But those are awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: They yeah super awesome. Like I like parts about each each piece right. And then, you know, you got all these other chapters where they don't make anything for. You just got your decals. Yeah. So it's very confusing, and I'm sure it's a popularity thing and how much they sell. Um, But it would be nice eventually if Games Workshop just came out with the kits. Here's all your upgrade bits, whatever. Pick your chapter, you know. I mean, I know Forge World does that stuff. But it's not as uh, cost effective, I guess. It's a little expensive to get those.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what the the status of of the upgrade kits is, because like mm-hmm. I know, um, I know some of the chapters do have the upgrade kits for like here's a couple extra weapons that are a bit special and also different shoulder pads, mm-hmm. and even even in like the era of Primaris, that's a that's a real thing. I don't know exactly how they're sold, but, um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, just my my overall thought was uh, even aside from all of the extra shenanigans on those tactical Marines. Like I, I enjoy the sculpt of a primaris Marine. Um, so so. I might end up doing more of that. Like they're, they paint up nicely. They're clearly designed to be painted by, uh, anyone of any skill level, you know, Mm -hmm. the, there's just very clear regions where, okay, you are supposed to shade here. You are supposed to highlight here. Um, You know, all of the details are big enough to be painted. They they look good in you know, a variety of paint schemes. Um I gotta say, yeah, I, I like the Primaris kit. It it has too many bits. Uh just making a standard Primaris Marine, I think had 13 bits. So Jeez. yeah. Uh leg, leg, front of chest, you know, back of chest, uh yeah. shin pad, shin pad. Arm, arm, weapon, head, shoulder pad, shoulder pad, and that gets us pretty close. It's a lot of parts. Yeah. And so I I didn't necessarily enjoy assembling them, and they still had a lot of... I mean, not as bad as as old stuff, but they still had a lot of mold lines. Like, it wasn't wasn't like you were completely avoiding that problem, but...
0: For sure. Yeah. Like, I do feel like they've gotten better over the years, obviously. Better, yeah, yeah. They've gotten much better... And in some cases, you know, you you can't see mold lines because of the way, like the that newer uh, Age of Sigmar Great Unclean One kit. They do a mm. really good job at hiding mold lines with like folds of fat that then mm. connect kind of underneath each other. You know, so it it it's nice that they're considering that a lot more. Um, and you're right, it is it is like they designed the Primaris Marines to be painted. It's not just, look, this is a little squat space marine. How cool. You know, it's like posed in such a way and, uh, you know, made in such a way that, like, paint it takes to paint really well. Like you were talking about the uh, the knee pads. Mm-hmm. How they have that little kind of, like, curved lip on top of that.
1: Yeah, it's which like the tactical marines did not have. You know? The tactical marines just had, like, they a kneecap. Some <laughs> right. of them had, like, weird greaves, but the Primaris mm. have their... Yeah, it's a knee pad, and then on top of that, it's a, it's a ridge. That's a very yeah. obvious ridge where you can highlight one of its corners or two of its corners, and it's up to you. But yeah. it's like, if you want to learn to edge highlight and you think that light would be hitting this far down on the leg uh, underneath where he's holding the bolter, then yeah, edge highlight this. Yep. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I, I do like that. I appreciate the consideration.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... um. Yeah, you know, it was just one of those things. Like when you figure out a good paint scheme or like a paint plan, I guess you could say that that you're happy mm-hmm. with. That's a good feeling. And in this case, it was a project where I really liked the Payne's Gray ink from underneath. I thought that gave a good shadowed look and some fun transitions. I think that'll work with most color armor, also. Pretty much, um, yeah.
0: That that little bit of blue in the black. It yeah. Just makes the shadows way more interesting. Yeah. You know, and it and it really does fit, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's an ink so it uh sprays really smooth and you can, mm-hmm. you know, very little splatter the way you might get with a thin down paint sometimes. Yeah. Or or at least you'd have to like work to avoid with a thin down paint. Yeah. Um and then just the process of black lining like, really really brought some stuff out pretty well in those models, so man yeah, that's something I might do more of in the future this batch I'm gonna finish up uh, in the next day or two and send off and then check out nova open charity Foundation raffle uh for the raffle that begins July first uh yeah we'll be we'll putting those links
0: in the show notes as they they come up nice yeah I got you Brent. no nice. worries. <laughs>
1: All right, I think we did it. Yeah, we that's that's it. what we did. Okay, is the episode over yet? No, we should have an epi- uh, we should do an episode now. What are we talking about today, Casey? All right, Casey? yeah,
0: you know, I mean, we almost forgot to just hit record and we're just having conversation. So, <laughs> I do have some questions from Hold on, let me check to make uh, sure I'm recording. All right. Yeah, that would be Oh, terrible. we got them. We got them. We're good. we well, good. Well, don't Ask worry. I'm going to cut that first Casey. like 45 minutes out. So, All right. So, if you're joining us now, this is the start of this episode. We're going to talk about some things. No, I'm just kidding. What do we got? Um, we got some questions from the audience over at the YouTube channel. youtube.com forward slash paint bravely. The podcast just leave us a comment, subscribe, like all the fun stuff. We try and go through comments. We want to answer as many as we can because we don't tend to get over there as often as we probably should to just directly answer questions. And I mean, we We do all right. You know, it's not like we're leaving everybody hanging, but we want to talk about it on the podcast too. So we're just going to go through a few of them and, you know, see what happens. So the first question is from TA. And the question is, do you find that as fairly established painters, uh, do you find inspiration from quote unquote newbie painters? Why or why not? What are the things, if any, that more adept painters can take away from new painters?
1: What are your thoughts, Brent? Oh, you're asking me?
0: Um, I read the question. Okay. Yeah, is
1: that how it works? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can answer it, but we're doing this podcast together. All right. And right. it's a conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. So mm, there's a probably a few examples I could drop here, but let me... Let me give you this one. So uh you know, going over to a friend's house to play a game of Warhammer and somehow he got his uh his stepkid like really interested in 40K and oh, yeah. uh, I'm not uh familiar with the family politics, but this child had just gotten a land raider crusader or something like a like a sweet tank and you know, me and my friend are setting up to play and this kid is you know he's he's assembling his model and it's like we're on bottom of turn one and this model is assembled and and then like by the end of turn two it's been spray painted red (laughs) and uh, somewhere somewhere between turn three and four it comes back he's got black and silver slapped on a few places and you know i'm i'm done look at this and wow excitement like um yeah. so obviously the the paint job there was room for improvement the uh the assembly <laughs> could have been a little bit better
0: but, but it was a done painted model
1: it was a done and painted model and this this newbie was happier than i've been in a long time like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah the it, there's a couple things going on there. Anytime something is that fresh and new and exciting, that's Mm -hmm. an awesome feeling. And, and so just the, the enthusiasm there is something to, to take inspiration from because at some point we all felt like that, you know, getting our first model. Oh yeah. And the rest of that is because they are a noob and they don't know how much they don't know. You know, yeah. a, they're not second-guessing everything. They're not worried about letting their spray paint dry before they start slapping black on the bolters. Like, they're just they're just going for it. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> there's fingerprints in the spray paint. W- what about it? Like, <laughs> what about yeah. yeah. What, are you looking at it under a friggin' microscope? Come on,
0: you're playing a game.
1: Yeah, like, you know, for, for us who have watched hundreds of tutorial videos and, and heard about there being multiple ways to apply decals and multiple uh, problems that can go wrong with your oil washes, if that's how you choose to do your black lining for the armor panels, like um, at, at a certain point that that experience and that knowledge gets you to like be second guessing in everything and, you, yeah. and like before you jump in and do something with your hobby, you're like, okay, do I really want to use a decal here? Or I could get out my airbrush and try to spray this on should I make my, oof, should I do that out of painter's tape? Or, you know, there's, there's so many right. obstacles or, or like hard decisions that come as a result of knowing too much. If you, if you don't oh, do anything, yeah. you get out your, you, 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 have a big paintbrush and you have a small paintbrush and you have <laughs> 10, maybe 10 bottles of paint. Like, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. When you're, when your selections are limited, when your supplies are limited, you're not thinking about all the things that you don't have, especially when you start out. So, you know, you put the colors down, you do the things that you know how to do and the model's done. And like, sure. It might not look like the box art, but that's pretty easily dismissed considering, you know, you know that you're new and whoever painted that has been painting forever. And it, you know, it is what it is. Like it's an advertisement, you know, at least most people look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another interesting thing that, happens when you're new right so you start at a specific level when you're new and there's the amount of knowledge that you have you know and the time that you've been painting and what you can do with those things so you're because you don't know where the limitations are you're gonna try things that maybe you shouldn't try or maybe you should and you just didn't know it and it works out and things happen. And you get really good results. I don't know if you've ever experienced this and and been aware of it, but you start to learn more and your skill while technically increasing, like your adventurousness starts to decrease and you start to become just, you start to second guess yourself more like you were saying. Yeah, sure. And you kind of hit this peak where you're kind of just at the bottom of the barrel, like always trying to figure out what to do, not exactly knowing how to accomplish something, but you, you know, all these things and it's confusing you. And then there's that breakthrough where now, you know what you're doing and you're building your skill, but it's almost like you're starting over again and you have to like build yourself back up to where you even just started when you were new. So it's this kind of like upside down bell curve, right? Of like experience and knowledge and, willingness to do certain things so like a new painter that isn't afraid
1: that's a big one
0: screw it up yeah that's that's a really huge one one. yeah it it can produce some amazing results and not even understand why
1: yeah
0: but it's because they weren't afraid to try it where yeah you're a couple years in and you're just like i don't want to do that i don't want to screw it up yeah so you just don't you just don't bother anymore And then once you're on the other side of that, it's like, I'm going to try that because I might screw it up, but I know how to fix it is the other side of that, like kind of learning curve, I guess.
1: So you just reminded me of uh, a few years ago, uh, little cousin was over for uh, Christmas and this was the this was the year that I was spending a lot of time learning the layering techniques on Seraphon Shields. Sure, sure. So I had yeah, there's was, there was a Christmas break where I was figuring out how to highlight Seraphon Shields and that ended up being a whole YouTube video. But mm-hmm. anyway, like yeah, you know, aunt and uncle and little cousins uh were all in the family house there. Everyone was, was back from wherever we'd been all together. And um you know, I was visiting my parents and I you know, I had taken uh, a box of paints and I had taken a box of models and we were all at, at my folks house and you know, my cousins wanted to hang out with me and like, well, I'm going to be sitting here painting models. So, uh, you know, hang around and do your Instagram or what, whatever it is you do. And, um, <laughs> so then, you know, this, this teenage girl, like eventually I, I talked her into picking up a paintbrush and, and painting, there you go. um, uh, a skink mm-hmm. and, what she did with this so this is a person who no interest in in warhammer mm-hmm. or D or models or really don't think she cares much about art either but <laughs> um handed her a paintbrush and hey you know i said like yeah here's my paints go for it and she ended up painting a rainbow skink like just okay yeah uh i mean it was kind of like she was wet blending basically she was just slapping the colors on top of each other and again no idea what she's doing but that also means no uh, limitations nothing telling her not Mm -hmm. to try something and I mean that didn't end up being my cup of tea but it didn't look terrible it was it was a cool idea and
2: uh Mm -hmm.
1: the from the yeah, minds I mean, of newbies,
2: like
0: right, like you jump right into that. She's like, she's wet blending with yeah. a bunch of paints, right? Yeah. It's like now, you when we go to do that, you gotta sit there and think about it. You're like, okay, walk, wet myself blending through is the an steps. advanced
1: technique, <laughs> right? And, like, I'm going uh, to do this I, thing, I have now. not learned my advanced techniques yet, and <laughs> right. I need to study this before I can master the brush, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, need to watch Instead some of, of these masterclass videos here before I can <laughs> exactly, attempt yeah. to uh, to brush, wet blend, brush. <laughs> brush, yeah,
0: blending yeah, low, yeah exactly, brush voiding.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this the, the just sitting there, wet blending, like this is stupid. Here's your yeah. stupid skink, like, <laughs> right? Stupid lizard. Yeah,
0: where'd you say they're from, Brent? Space,
1: idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now they are, <laughs> but uh, don't worry about it.
0: Right, don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh, in your last, in your last video I watched, you, you straight up just pulled out the Seraphon. I thought you were going to stop the video right there. you I mean, like, I'm painting all these. I'm just going to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Going through my pile of shame, looking for something to paint. Like, yeah. It, once I pulled out either the, the orcs or the snotlings or the Seraphon, the, the video could have just stopped and like, okay, I'm done looking through my pile of shame. I'm just going to paint these now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, was also thinking about uh okay what what a new painter and so we were just talking about like really new painters and so let me tell you my experience as a really new painter um Mm -hmm. when i first took home models i mean i made a video about you know the first model that i ever painted and that was actually a lie that was the second model i ever painted it was the uh the dark eldar red warrior (laughs) now the first model i ever painted if we're being honest here i stripped it and i'm sorry But it was at the same time that I got my Dark Eldar Warriors, I got one Dark Eldar jet bike. Oh, okay. Because at at the time they weren't sold in a box of three for 50 bucks. They were sold in a box of one for 13 bucks, you know, 20 years ago. So, Mm, yeah. um, And for me at 12 or 13 or whatever, a $13 model was a lot Mm -hmm. of money. Yeah. Um, so I had, you know, my box of 20 Dark Eldar Warriors and I had my one jet bike and I had never painted before and I was really excited. And so where I'm going with this is the first model I didn't paint or I painted was not a cheaper Dark Eldar Warrior. The first model I painted was that jet bike. It was, yeah. there was, there was no hesitation there. There's no like, my skills aren't there yet. I'm going to mess this up. There's it's not just a model that you yeah. paint. There, yeah. there wasn't even like, this is my most expensive thing. I should practice on something else. It was, mm-hmm. this is the coolest thing I have. I am so excited about this. <laughs> I, right. I, I mean, I don't clearly remember the evening or, or anything, but I don't think there was a lot of deliberation there. I think it was just tearing into the, the coolest thing and mm-hmm. uh like super gluing it together poorly and, and then right. slapping some paint to on top of painting. it. Yeah. Um, and then the you know second through 21st models i painted were the the dark eldar from the the warrior box but uh, yeah.
0: yeah now if you could get yourself into that same mindset and try and paint something just like picking a model whatever feels right to you just like that video you just did uh-huh, uh-huh. right like can you also put yourself into a place where you're just like i'm going to paint this however I feel and do whatever I think is necessary. Like how, how is that paint job going to be, you know, rather than overanalyzing and second guessing.
1: Well, so that's where it comes in, like taking inspiration from, from newer painters. But yeah, I think it's, I think it is really hard to put yourself in that mindset of, of really no inhibitions, forget what you know uh, just right. go at it. <laughs> I think that's really hard, but um, yeah, so so Casey's referring to a, a video that put out at the time of this recording is, yeah, going through my pile of shame with the idea of, you know, screw all my plans, forget any obligations for painting I think I need to do, forget, you know, the the list of models I feel like I want or need to paint. I'm just going to look through my collection and find something that is calling to me um, and Really go off of that enthusiasm and see how far that enthusiasm can carry you in a paint job. Um, yeah, partially mm-hmm. just for uh, mental well-being of not having painting <laughs> feel like a chore and having it be like, you know, some somewhere in your collection you have a model that you want to paint, and and some of us do things like that's going to be a treat for me. Like I'm I'm going to paint that library and that I really want to paint after I paint these terminators that I don't want to paint. Like yeah. well, right now you want to paint that librarian. Why don't Why don't you just paint that librarian? Because there is something that you yeah. want to do, and you could do it. And mm. after you do it, you'll have a painted mm. librarian, and you'll probably be happy with that. And maybe by that time, you'll want to paint Terminators, you know. Um. Mm. So yeah, I, I did the exercise of like, let's just look at my collection, uh, kind of like a newbie. Say which of these models looks the coolest to me right now. Uh, forget the armies that I need to build. Forget this, these 30 space Marines that I need to send off for a raffle. Like forget, forget all that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to cancel all my commissions and not take any more. I'm just going to paint <laughs> what I want to paint. And, uh, I picked a model and yeah. I I spent a couple hours working on it and I got, I got my paint scheme. It still needs a little more work, uh, for to make it look good, but, um, yeah
0: yeah and I'm I'm excited to see that model
1: oh thanks buddy yeah I think it's gonna be pretty cool
0: that 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 was a good question I was actually not expecting it to go
1: <laughs> for that long um but we have more we have more questions <laughs> now, uh on the other side of that coin uh there's nothing to be learned from newbies they don't know what they're doing right get yeah. out of here no, with your question yeah uh
2: huh <laughs>
0: Obviously, we're not those people. I mean, yeah, you can learn something from everybody in almost anything. You know, people come at things with different perspectives, so of course, you're going to be able to learn something from someone. Yeah,
1: and also the yeah. the ability just to appreciate, you know, what you've painted at any skill level, like yeah. even. If it has a coat of, of paint on it and you're proud that you put it there, like, yeah, be happy with it. Stop yeah, looking at Instagram with your.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> with your, uh, so the next you
0: know, question comes from just P. That's what we're going to go with.
1: <laughs> All right. So because Meat Popsicle <laughs> ruined everything and we decided to use initials for people, we've been using initials. So our. our last question came from what ta mm-hmm. uh, this next question uh comes from uh you know one of the viewers I, i've gotten to know a little bit and and i like but uh since we're since we're doing this system the name is pp and meat popsicle i blame you for this i blame you for most things but uh it
0: just keeps coming back to Yeah,
1: we've been using initials so we don't out anybody, and so we don't read something stupid on the air, but now I'm reading a real name and the initials are PP, so... mm. Hmm. Alright, PP asks, So, I draw two, and I often do warm-up drawings to get any jitters and any extra wonky lines out of my system before I focus on precise stuff. Is this a thing that any of you do? Do you ever just do some brush strokes and maybe some blending tests on another surface before you start on an actual model? Now, we talked about
0: this a little bit before and decided pretty much this is something that we both should be doing. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's real smart. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't uh I don't tend to do warm ups at all. I just kind of go for it. Like and again, it's probably one of those things where maybe down that curve a little further, I'll get to that point where I'm actually going to think about it before I start doing something just to save myself trouble in the future. And yeah, like do a little wet blend, do a little something over here, test out. Now I do test my brush like on the back of my hand or something mm-hmm. or I have uh construction paper. You know, so I'll you know, make sure the point is good on that, the tip is good. But that that's all I do. So this is just good advice in general. (laughs) You should probably warm up a little. Just like anything, like you warm up before you play a basketball game, you do some stretches. Yeah. You know, run around the court a little bit. So why wouldn't you do that for painting? It's like it's you know, smaller muscles, but same kind of thing. Yeah.
1: So um i think uh old PP here is coming at this from you know the side of of art as a hobby and and the mini side of things is is much newer to her but um mm-hmm. this is a really great question and that's you know sometimes when you're coming at this artistic mini painting from uh video games or or wherever you happen to be coming at it from for d and d Warhammer or whatever um sometimes you just miss the the really basic obvious art stuff and yeah. You know I do have my, my bag of white primed Dark Eldar warriors that are all busted up and if mm. I if I am testing out maybe like a dry brush or if, if I am like running a right. test, I'll use them. Uh, you know, testing out a different paint or, or brush or something. But the idea the idea of just having like a, a half even even like a half finished model on your table or something. Where just mm-hmm. before you start on the thing you really care about, you just put yeah a few a few extra strokes on I don't know Bob the Orc and yeah uh, mm-hmm. give a, you know, give Bob an orc a tattoo before you get started on whatever your actual progress of the day is you know?
2: yeah yeah
0: Just get yourself acclimated to whatever it is you're gonna be doing. Just do a quick little test little warm-up that it just it just makes so much sense are we actually gonna do it though stupid. casey like we, we just said we
1: <laughs> just said that's a great idea and we should do that i'm just thinking about it like it's am i actually really going to idea. do that casey do it
0: i i honestly don't know if i mean okay <laughs> okay hands up no i will i, I will grab a model mm-hmm. and i will make sure that that is my test model
1: are you gonna tell me about this model next week Okay. Oh, you, you just, I just grabbed a I model? I just
0: grabbed, just blindly. Okay. It's a Corn Berserker. Uh huh. And this was a test model. It's got red and black all over it. That I'm going to put that right here. Uh huh. That is my, that's what I'm going to do. That's my, my warm up model. I'm going to put this into effect right now. We're going to see how this goes.
1: I, I am stunned <laughs> silent like that. <laughs> Your dedication uh, amazes me. I <laughs> well, need to search through my uh, my pile here to find a model to do the same. And You, you just... got boxes right behind yeah, you. I, got, I see I, I got boxes behind me, yeah.
0: You just grab one. Yeah. I just grabbed one. This corn berserker means nothing to me now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also have corn berserkers.
0: Seems like a good... I also have uh, I
1: 3D printers, though, so actually... That's probably a better idea. I have so many 3D prints that are like, <laughs> yeah. I have a lot that are just a slightly more malformed, like the like a there's like a they're missing a finger or something. I got a lot of those, right. so <laughs> I think that's a it's a good feed for this. Well,
0: the reason that I'm thinking about this, as as to actually try and take this seriously, is because, and I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this when you're batch painting like say you got 10 models in front of you more often than not, your 10th model looks better than your first model, which means that you warming up and practicing a little bit actually makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it totally makes sense. You know, you're just more comfortable after having warmed up. That's true.
1: That's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, in some ways we're, we're warming up on everything that we do. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Also the, the kind of speed I tend to work at, and and the the final level where I tend to take my minis of, of not too high of like look nice but not not doing freehand fire tattoos or I don't know they're not right. not drawing uh, intricate banners and stuff on things um, mm-hmm. I don't need to warm up too much to slap a coat of green on orc skin like there's sure. a lot of the stuff we do I would argue don't require a warm-up Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um
0: yeah i think when it's a basic like when you're going that step-by-step route you're going base coat wash highlight yeah you know like it, it's a little more straightforward but and there, there isn't like a lot of technique in there other than you know making sure your paints are thin and you know your wash doesn't pool in weird places and all that um but i mean even doing something like edge highlighting right like you might need to make sure that the paint you're using cuz it changes every time is actually you know diluted at the proper amount and you have the proper amount on your brush is to not get right. stupid little fat lines everywhere.
1: Right. And a lot of people that's that's what a thumb is for yeah. for a lot of people. Um Yeah. But it's an interesting idea of just having a corn warrior there where you can just do one shoulder pad or wherever they have their armor strapped to them and, uh, give, give that a shot. Yeah. (laughs) Highlight their weird ax thing and be like, okay, good enough. Let's get on with the real business here.
0: This really just makes me think that they really need to update corn berserkers. (laughs) Like, is
1: is this a 40 K corn berserker? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of the, uh, the original age of Sigmar starter box. Um, what were they called? Blood warriors oh, or something? Uh,
0: Blood warriors. Yeah. That was one of yeah, them. No, this is, this is so like I've got my, my recording camera for the podcast. This is pointed directly at that camera. So everyone else can see this. You can't really see this. Uh, it, Brent's camera is
1: all the way over
0: here. And anyone
1: listening on their cell phones also can't see this, but uh Casey is talking about That's a 40 K corn berserker. He's uh he's a small mm-hmm. boy and, uh, he means nothing to Casey. Means Casey nothing. probably got him cheap means off of eBay, as he does.
0: Actually, I bought this box brand new.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I apologize. I was
0: <laughs> getting back into Warhammer. Um, this is like when I actually was getting back into it. Hmm. And I bought a box of corn berserkers and a handful of paints, went camping for like three weeks, and painted a bunch of them up, and there were a handful left. This is one of them. I haven't used them for anything. I just wanted to paint Corn Berserkers.
1: Yeah, quite a history. Yeah. Yeah. I think we crushed that one. Let me let me read you this next one, too. All right. All From right. Uh, lowercase t, we got, uh, I think Adam Savage's <laughs> tested workshop is the 10 out of 10 workplace workspace. Mm.
0: I I would agree.
1: Yeah, no bling, no glam, just every tool you could think of and the proper storage required. That's true. He
0: So Adam Savage, if you don't know who that is, he's one of the Mythbusters from the Discovery Channel show. He has a YouTube channel uh, called Adam Savage's Tested, and he does all sorts of stuff in his workshop. He does like one day builds or, you know, he make props. Um, he, he's painted models occasionally. Um, there's a lot of other stuff on the channel. I prefer the ones with just him specifically doing different projects. Uh, but his workshop is pretty amazing. Like he builds things to organize things and he will take time to make sure that they're actually functional. Hmm. And so his entire workshop has, I mean, it's huge, you know, it's like the size of a house. It's a warehouse. Um, and it's filled with every kind of material you can think of and, and for any kind of project you could ever possibly want to do. You know, it's like he, he wanted to paint a resin model, and he's like, oh, let me uh let me go grab all my airbrushing and miniature paints and all this stuff and just bust out all this stuff, and it's like, no, okay, you've got way more stuff than even I have, and it's insane, you know, and, and he just goes through all the stuff, and uh, it's a really nice space. Now, 10 out of 10 was our douchebag level
2: <laughs>
0: of like you're just overdoing it. But I don't know maybe there should be a separate 10 out of 10 of just like you're
1: it's an you're actual overdoing 10 out of it. 10. Yeah. Because
0: you're actually so awesome that it just is the best thing ever and I would definitely put that in that category. Yeah. It's a good workspace. Yeah. So so Brent like do you know who Adam Savage is? You know what I'm talking about? This sweet space? Only or have you ever vaguely.
1: watched uh... Yeah, I I uh I really don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh. In that case. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Talk to you next time.